I'm Toya Haynes. And I'm Nikki Wright. And we are talking about the second episode of season 15 on TV One Unsung featuring Roxanne Roxanne. <laughs> the original and to me the only. Absolutely. Why are we even talking about any more Roxanne? There's only one. There's only one. There's only one. I didn't understand the whole need for a real Roxanne. I didn't understand why that had to be a thing. Oh, and did you know, just sidebar, did you know that the real Roxanne wasn't even the real Roxanne? What do you mean? Meaning, the real Roxanne that we see was not the original Roxanne on the real Roxanne recording. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. She's the fake, real, fake Roxanne. Like, I don't even know how to... The only Roxanne that counts is Roxanne Shantae. Well, my name is Roxanne. Uh, Don't you know? I just a cold rock a party and I do the show. I said I met these three guys and you know it's true. So let me tell you and explain them all to you. I met this dude with the name of a hat. I didn't even walk away. I didn't give him no rap. But then he got real mad and he got a little tired. So, yeah, but we'll get into all that, all the the Roxanne's revenge and and all that that popped off. Sparky D. Sparky D. I mean, it was... Um, it actually took me back, right? Because I was truly a kid, and I remember UTFO, and I remember knowing all the, the verses, and and then when Roxy and Shantae came out, I was like, yo, there's a sister who's going to yeah. go toe-to-toe. So it really kind of made me feel like girl power. Yeah. Right? Because she was really like the first woman to actually say, you know what, I'm going to go toe-to-toe with these men and not back down. Yeah. And not be soft with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of opened the door for all the strong female MCs that we have now. Yeah. Did you know she was as young as she was? No. I had no idea she was only 14. She was on the road at 14. That's bananas. And then when she talked about how um, how grown men were like doing the UTFO line, she's like, I'm 14. Yeah. And I'm like, perverts. <laughs> <laughs> just she's 14 but yeah. she didn't have a mouth like a 14 year old so yeah it could be a little confusing she didn't she had a really rough upbringing and i think that matured her really quickly with a lot of other uh artists with a lot too. of other artists, yeah. it's a very similar theme with that mm-hmm. rough upbringing growing up in the projects mm-hmm. having to to uh make a way out of no way yeah so what did you think about it I thought that it, it gave me a perspective on her that I definitely did not have. I did not know she was so young. Mm-hmm. I did not know that her experience within the music industry had such a short time span. But it, it's weird. It's like it was a short time span, but she was so young. So it's like she wasn't there for a good amount of years. Right. When she exited, she was so young. Right. So it was like she entered it at 14. And then the end of her career, like she retired at 23. And it was a whimper because... By the time she was 23, I definitely wasn't thinking about Roxy and Shantae. Yeah. Right? I I don't think I even realized that she was going not to be funny. Right. So I think that this really gave me some background. Like, oh, wow. I didn't even really understand at that young age that she was a battle rapper. And there's a difference mm-hmm. between a battle rapper and then yeah. when you have, like, your party rappers and your right. conscious rappers. At that young age, I did not know the difference. So I was definitely schooled through this episode of Unsung. Right. And how that played into what she was able to release and what she didn't wind up releasing. That's true. What we did find out about Roxanne Shantae is that she is from the Queensbridge Projects, which has given us so many amazing artists, amazing MCs within hip hop, like Nas, Prodigy of Mob Deep, and of course, 
the Juice Crew is Marley Marl and MC Shannon. <gasps> Marley Marl. How did you feel about it? Did you have a little crush on Marley Marl? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he was cute, wasn't he? Probably was cute. I yeah. forgot about that. Uh, yeah, some, I mean, to me, even just Nas alone, I should have had at least 12 babies by. I can't. It's just fine. I feel like every episode just, we talk about how many babies you could have had by somebody. Well. <laughs> Is this true? <laughs> I just want, you know, maybe there should be a, a segment for the male artist where I can say how many babies I could, <laughs> I could have by each one. Like Kumo D0, <gasps> Nazir 15. He's definitely a 15, guess. But I mean, it, it's the it's the birthplace of hip hop, mm. right? I mean, I know we're gonna we're gonna say is it the Bronx? Is it mm. is it, you know? Well, that was part of the battle here, right? so yeah. But that's where to me hip hop mm. really gave birth to what we know now, yeah, and and what we appreciate about the culture, yeah, yeah. And that was part of the big the big you know argument between. You know, that crew and, and KRS-One and whoo, that was a time. What a time. What a time. What a time. Craig G talked about how she insulted everyone. And you talked about her being a battle rapper. And we're actually at this time when she was battle rapping, she was 11. Who is 11 battle rapping male MC, MCs, period, but like grown men MCs She needed like a way out. I thought you were gonna say she needed a whooping. I really thought you no. She needed a she needed a way out. You think about uh, it, right? Her mom was dealing with some substance abuse. Yeah. She became like a, a second parent to her younger sister. Right. Um. And at eleven, you have something where you think I can make money off of this, and yeah. if I'm good with my words, and I'm good with insults, and I can come up with you know I'm quick witted and come up with something at the drop of a dime this might be something i can i can do mm-hmm. because she said like she was a booster yeah and she had to let that go and she was battle rapping ten dollars fifty dollars you know hey that's a hustle yeah and when we talk about a lot of artists they're looking for a hustle and i don't mean a hustle like something quick i'm mm-hmm. meaning you got to find something here that i can turn into a positive because everything around me is a negative yeah and you sure. have to find your own hustle and that's exactly what she did yeah i didn't know that <laughs> that record uh the real rocks not the real rocks but roxanne's revenge, revenge was made off of a cassette like that wasn't recorded really in this. I mean, it was recorded in Marley Mall's in an apartment. In an apartment, he took the cassette to Magic Mike, yeah. and then they pressed it straight off of that. I mean, it was like a one shot deal too, because she went in there, she said she listened to it to the original, mm-hmm. boop boop boop, get my thoughts together. All right, I'm ready, and then that's it, and we give birth to Roxanne Shante mm-hmm. off of. Her listening to the original track, mm-hmm. figuring out how she's going to diss them. <laughs> all three. All, individually. I'm diss all three. Individually. Right? And then we're going to record it. She had no idea what she was giving birth to. Yeah. And, and then um, you're thinking about what Marley Marl did. You're thinking about what Mr. Magic did, right? The, the power that he even had at that time at mm-hmm. a radio station. Yeah. Like, he really gave the power to endorse mm-hmm. an artist. So... He could have said, this kid, nah, she's too young. She's a girl. We're not going to go for this. But he heard it and was like, this is fire. Yeah. This is fire and there's nothing like it. She had really nobody to compete against. She had nobody to compete against. There was no uh, audience. There were no real 
women to even battle against. She actually inspired other women. To, oh, we can do this too. Yeah. And and not be shy about it and maybe be respected in this mm-hmm. industry. So she deserves a crown. She does. She's not talked about a lot. And I think the reason why she's not talked about a lot is because she really didn't have a lot of albums. She had like 20 singles, I think yeah. I saw, and like two albums. Yeah. So I think when your your catalog is that sparse, it's difficult for people to see you as having different, you know, a certain timeline within the industry. And it's easy to be forgotten about unless you have like one big moment like she did. And that's so unfortunate. She's more like a cult favorite. There's a difference. I think cult favorites maybe don't get that mainstream shine, but people who really love hip hop. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, I those remember Those that when. know, know. Yeah. yeah, like those that know for real, yeah. know. So I guess we can start talking about uh, the six degrees of the barge. Where does she fall into the the six degrees of the barge, with the barge being the benchmark of every unsung episode to us? Well, we can take God out of out of it. Um, that whole church thing? No, she, <laughs> she had no part of it. She that. wasn't at church speaking in tongues. We, did, we didn't Jeff see it. Right. We didn't see it. We didn't see it. Right? Uh, drugs. Hmm. Well, it was in her life, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that her mom struggled with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, she dated her, her... The father of her first child was a drug dealer. Yeah. Doesn't really talk about an addiction to drugs. You know what, though? She did say something towards the end that I took note of Mm -hmm. where she was talking about had she made a lot of money, had she gotten the money that she felt she deserved. She said that, um, the first out, the first record sold at least a million Mm -hmm. because they sold like 250,000, like out the trunk. So if she would have gotten the money that she was owed, she said she may have gotten high Mm -hmm. and may not have had what she needed in order to defeat breast cancer. Yes. And that was the first time that she mentioned anything about drug use in the entire episode that was very reflective though. yeah it was very reflective like why would you think that if you had that like did she already have an issue with that or does she feel like if she had made a lot of money she'd have gone down that road because so many other people did or maybe she's seen the impact of that yeah sometimes seeing the impact of that is like um i don't want to fall in that yeah that category so Mm -hmm. i think the fact that she was able to say you know what I mean, I didn't get the money I was supposed to, but maybe that was a blessing in disguise because I mm-hmm. might have might have opened a door yeah. to do something that would have destroyed my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's mature. Yeah. That's maturity. For sure. All right. So we have church. We have drugs. Mm-hmm. Solo aspirations. She was a solo artist. However, mm-hmm. she put other artists on. She did. She, I mean, you think about Bismarcky, mm-hmm. right? She put on other artists. She talks about how everybody in the Juice Crew started out as like her DJ, mm-hmm. right? So it wasn't just this shine is for me. This represents all of us. Yeah. And I'm bringing everybody out. So while I'm riding this wave, I want you to ride it with me. Yeah. And I think they're still appreciative of her not trying to take the shine from everybody in the crew. Yeah. I don't know if men would do that. I think that you could t- you could tell the reverence during the show because Big Daddy Kane, yeah. who I always appreciate seeing. 30 children right there. Talk about... <laughs> Chocolate. I'm sorry. He's on the he, on the baby factor. He's 30? Yeah, 30. All right, 30 well, on my baby factor, he's about... He's at least six. Mm. So 
I say it's always good to see Big Daddy. I'll throw my hat in that ring. Black don't Just black. for this one. Big Daddy came, DJ Cool V, um, her sister, they all commented on her. And yeah, he said he talked about how versatile she was and just how, how, how just how dope she was. And so, yeah, she held it down for them for real. But it's weird. It's like, it's like what you said. It's like she held it down for so many, but she's not talked about that much. No. And I think maybe those who she held down need to speak out more mm-hmm. and educate because there are true, like KRS-One, you, you guys had a verbal battle, but you like to school people on the nature of hip-hop. I think you should do that. Mm. I mean, that's your passion. Well, right? I mean, when a 14-year-old disses you and says that you have a name like a whack radio station, maybe you don't want to mention her that much. <sighs> but it was just business. It wasn't personal. <laughs> this is business. Maybe he's you don't mention people. her that much. He's just enough people in his time. Yeah. To, he understands the business. But since we're on business... The chunk of it is about the business ways. <sighs> oh, gosh. Okay. So when you are the pioneer mm-hmm. of a movement, the thought for some people is that you get everything that's coming to you. Mm-hmm. But because she was the first of her kind, she did not get financially what she deserved. Yeah. Hip-hop was new, how to market hip-hop. And when you are from the projects, right, mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have a lawyer on speed dial. Right. They made a deal with her mother. This is new. Yeah. This is new. And this is not a new concept when we look at other artists, but it's definitely new to Roxanne Shante, to her mom. If I can just get 5,000 out of this. All of this looks like a come up. It reminds me yeah. of New Edition. How it they does. were like $500 in a VCR. Right. <laughs> And a VCR, yeah. You're from the Boston Projects. This is it. I'm still riding my little, I got a little scooter. Yeah. We got a a VCR and $500. We're doing something. That's understandable. Right. So they didn't know how to properly market her. And she was taken advantage of. Yeah. I I think it's a, you're right. And like, it, it heralds back to what we were talking with Drew Hill. When you have people that are in place that are supposed to be guarding their career and they didn't really know what to do. No, it was all new. It was all new. So even her manager said, you know, well, you get paid just for the shows and the record label gets paid for the royalties. And that's not how that's supposed to go. And right. Because her lyrics were her lyrics. Right. Okay. These were things that she wrote or spit. It's not like um, salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. Right. Salt and pepper early on. They didn't write their lyrics. We already know they didn't write their, their lyrics. Mm-hmm. We know Herbie wrote the lyrics. Right. She wrote her own stuff. There's definite royalties yeah. coming when you write your own material, which is why Missy Elliott talks about, I'd rather produce than be an artist because I'm making more change yeah. that way. I think they say they didn't know, but record companies do know. Oh, record companies know. They do know that if an artist writes their own, that they're supposed to get a cut on that. Mm-hmm. And they knew that they, because everybody involved was so new to, to the industry, mm-hmm. they knew they could get away with that. Yeah, Maybe they should do like um, Frankie Lyman. Maybe maybe she should go back and try to sue. See go, if she can get that money. You know, she's so, I think what I loved about her, that she's so mature. I mean, of course she's mature. She's like 52, but I think at this point you should be mature. Yeah. But like in the way that she talked about it, she said that, 
she did not, she had no anger or bitterness against her manager and they're still dealing with the financial aspect of it. And she said that there was a lot of trial and error yeah. and she just happened to be that trial, which I thought was very generous. Yeah. I'd have been like, and I just happened to be on the brunt of all the errors <laughs> and she did not say that at all. No. She was very, very generous as far and graceful as far as she, I mean, in the way that she dealt with that. Um, I don't know anybody else that would have done the same thing. When you also go about business, thinking about business, think about the battle for world supremacy in 1985. I'm so yeah, I need to look up Curtis Blow. Furious about how that went down. Right. So here she is. She's like number one battle rapper. She's knocking them down, knocking mm-hmm. them down, mm-hmm. knocking them down. And when it comes to going against Busy B, yep. Curtis wants to know. He says, "I need to know what would it take for her to lose." So the fix is in. No matter what she does, no matter how good she is, you have already determined that she's has she has to. You're literally sitting there battle. doing the averaging, right? And come up with four. 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 She's been getting tens and nines across the board the entire evening, and you give her a four. But that goes back to this belief that women have to be second class, like. Curtis Blow's theory was this is a new genre, it's a new format, and a man has to lead the way. A man has to lead the way. Where is Curtis taken. Blow from? Was it a Queens thing? I don't know. Was it a... He's from Harlem. Is he? So that shouldn't even be an issue. It, Vic, but he, Curtis, we would like to know the reason. <laughs> Look, I need to know the reason. Been, it could have been something that he's followed other other music execs, right? You start to move around in the music business and you do understand that men get treated differently. You do understand that there's an allowance and acceptance of men being leaders Mm -hmm. and women having to be the followers. So maybe he's thinking, you know, this is such a aggressive type of music, or it could be such an aggressive type of music that if a woman led the charge, maybe men would not follow. Even male artists, even male fans. You think right? he was that deep with it, or did he just look at it and go, "Nah, nah, we can't let this go down." He, he had a reason. Yeah, he said he he said that men had to go first. He, that was his his oh, like this so is gross. new, and I, we can't let you lead the way. Mm-hmm. You can't be Queen Elizabeth right now. We we can't have that. We need a man to lead the way in this aggressive new type of um, music, which honestly could be true at that time. I'm going to do my Googles and find out if there's any way in the world that he came out and said, hey, I did this. I was wrong. I was a jerk. But he apologized to her later. When? He did. She said, she said that he apologized years later to her and said, was this on a time? Yes. You you did win. Did I fast forward through a commercial? No. (laughs) She said that he apologized and said and admitted that she did win. Wow. Yeah. So years later, they uh-huh. made they made peace on that. Okay, okay. So I mean, I you kind of feel better about that, but I still have questions. Well, everything happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. So from then on, um, her manager Tyrone Williams, I did not know that he started Cold Chillin' Records. Yeah, with the Juice Crew. With they also the had Biz, crew. Master Ace, MC Shan, Cool G Rap. <sighs> Everybody on the symphony, which is one of my favorite hip hop songs. It is my favorite hip hop song of all time. Of all time. 
Huh. Yes, some of my favorite classic records come from Cold Chillin', Nobody Beats the Biz. It's one of my favorite records of all time. I'm going to have to go home and just dust off, find some LPs <laughs> and dust off. Best collaborations of all time. Oh, tonight. yeah. I have I have those, actually, on, on vinyl. Okay, I'll so, be over your house tonight. So you come over, we'll listen to that. But <gasps> yeah, the, I mean, classic. Um, one thing I did love to see, because I'm a nerd, was they opened up showing Shantae and Bismarcky on Dance Party yes. USA. If you're not local to Philadelphia, um, Dance Party USA was before... No, I'm sorry. Da- not Dance Party USA. Dancing on Air. It showed yeah. Dancing on Air. Dancing on Air was before Dance Party USA. It was the yeah. same studio and everything. Dancing on Air was a local show, but then when it went national, yeah. it was Dance Party USA. Yeah, if you're, if you're from Philly, you know that Dancing on Air was Winfield, Channel 17, right across the street from my aunt. So I just stand outside on the porch like, oh, I know y'all dancing in there. I wanted to be on that so bad, and I was so afraid of being grounded because how you... How you gonna be on TV? No, you and, and your parents not gonna know that you're on. You gonna TV. have to put on a costume. <laughs> I know. You couldn't do that. And I would have been a regular. You know, I'd have been a regular. That's all I wanted to do was just dance. You couldn't get the soul train, so that's what you wanted to get to. That's true. Um, what about Alonzo Brown, her former agent? Right. Mm-hmm. He said uh, because he talked about, or they talked about how she really didn't get the albums. The music companies, record companies, didn't know what to do with her as an artist. And he said, here comes a woman talking like she's talking from the streets, you know, with an attitude talking black. They didn't know. She wasn't like extra pretty and soft looking. Mm -hmm. Um, Not not as a diss, she just not was this refined, what what they consider this refined artist. And she made it clear she wasn't going to water herself down for anyone. Could a record company at that time have handled? The right record company could have. What what record company do you think could have done that? You know, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Who would have, as a, I'm trying to think of what record labels would have been out during that time that could have done that. I can't think of I have to sit there and think about it, but I think it's very upsetting that like Cold Chillin' Records was a thing and everybody else had, had albums. And when it came to her, now... But on the flip side of that, he said she wasn't really a studio artist. She no. wasn't an artist like she wasn't recording artist. She didn't enjoy it. She didn't enjoy it. She didn't enjoy going in the studio. This is not somebody that looks like they enjoy going in, doing bars a couple times. You know, having She was a, one and done. She was one and done. And so I think if you are that kind of artist and you're a battle rapper, I think there's a very niche, you know, area for you that did not exist right during this time i don't think she mapped out her career either she was 14 when she got started professionally it just kind of started off without her it just you know what i mean like just ahead of her yeah i mean i don't think she thought i'm a battle rapper what can i do with this for the next 15 20 years how can i make a song and a hook out of all this i don't like making albums i don't like going to the studio and doing that process Mm -hmm. so i don't think she really mapped up which is maybe why she's not as bitter as maybe other artists could be, because she's mm-hmm. like, the reality is I kind of literally walked into this. Mm-hmm. You know, like Marley yelled out my name through a window and told me to come on up. Yeah. And that's how it got started. Yeah. I really had no design. I mean, I'm sure she liked some kind of income. Right. But I don't think she mapped out. When I think of mapped out, I'm thinking like Queen Latifah, how yeah. she, she started, I'm going to start rapping. 
And then she spun off into television mm-hmm. and movie production, and she has a whole empire. Right. That's not what Roxanne. Yeah, Shantae I don't see Roxanne Shantae as having like a book full of songs, battle raps, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like which might not even been written down. You know, but just I don't see her. I mean, and she said it as being someone that had all these songs, and even the songs that they gave her for her album, she never connected to. It's just not who she was. That's not who she was, and they didn't. I, I think. The best could be done with the situation they had. This was still yeah. very new. And so the assumption that everybody that was in place knew how to market uh, an artist on a brand new genre. Yeah. You know, I don't I just don't think they knew. Where are we at with uh, Six Degrees of DeBarge? Oh, my. Six Degrees of DeBarge. For this episode. Uh, Relational. Well, she got beat. She got, someone broke her ribs at the age of, what was it, 15 at this point? She might have been a little older. 17? Yeah. She was a teenager. Yeah. She got, she got beat. She considered her boyfriend like the security blanket. Yeah. Um, But what I loved about her, she realized this was not right. Mm -hmm. Like when she had her daughter, she's like, "Mm mm-mm. Some people would stay. Yeah. You know, I need, he has money. I know people like that. Mm -hmm. I went to high school with people like that. He can do certain things for me. She didn't care. It doesn't matter what's in my bank account, what I have. I don't know what the future holds, but what I do know is that I don't deserve this. And I say kudos to somebody who knows what they're worth. Yeah. You know, we might all take something that we don't deserve, Mm -hmm. but when you quickly realize, "Mm, I wasn't built for this. Yeah. It says a lot about who she is. Yeah. Um, I also want to say relational, even how her fans feel about her. I think about how she apologized. For years, I thought she had gotten her doctorate degree. Oh, I do, I do remember that whole thing. And I remember telling people, like, yo, she's a psychologist. And I was like, this is amazing. Because we, we hadn't seen her. Right? We and didn't they know whether she was And that was the not. word on the street, that she mm-hmm. was... Like, in the medical field and psychology, and I'm like, wow, she came from, like, Roxanne Shantae battle rapping. Right. And then somebody started spreading this rumor. It got all around. And she's like, you know what? I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry that happened. Who is she saying she's sorry to? She's talking about her fans. I'm sorry that yeah. I allowed the misrepresentation to continue. And she never continue. spoke up about it when it was, when it was going on. Then that, that shows how much she respects her fans. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't have to apologize, mm-hmm. right? So that shows she just, she cared about us. Yeah. And we need to give that love back. I think the next time there's like a hip hop honor show, somebody needs to act like they know. And they need to act like the only song, they, they need to not act like the only song that she had was Roxanne's Revenge. Right. It is a, the most popular. But Have a Nice Day was yes. colder. I'm sorry. Have a Nice Day to me. Yes. I like that one much better. Okay, so... I'm just curious, in your opinion, we have a lot of great female MCs. Mm-hmm. From a scale from one to ten, what would you rank Roxanne Shantae? Oh, don't make me do that. Um put you on the spot today. You are putting me on the spot today. I, I can't rank her from one to ten. I think the only thing I can say is that she is very important. I think so too. <laughs> That's all I can say. Like I can't, I can't rank her from one to ten. I could just say that I think she's very important. I respect <laughs> her as a as a pioneer. Uh-huh. Um, I don't necessarily appreciate her cadence all the time when she was mm-hmm. rapping. I was like, sometimes I felt like the beat and the lyrics didn't match. Sometimes, 
No, okay. no shade. No, no, no shade at all. Shade. No shade. Because we're talking about early hip hop. Right. And that and that's we're why talking I about a, a couple years, very few years after hip hop, hip hop. Right. To yeah. Kendrick Lamar, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, that Nas yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. So like hip hop has done a lot as far as yes. how deep it can go yes. and how you know what I mean. So you can only expect so much back right. then as far as lyrical content. Right. No one was really nobody deep. was going deep. Yeah, so it's like you can't even be mad. It was just if like let's heard, get the party started. Yeah, if yes. you heard a couple of the same lyrics. You know, that's okay. Yeah, and then a lot of that time, like even earlier back then, a lot of it was still about the DJ anyway. Mm -hmm. So we we can't be mad that the the lyrics seem a little elementary. I like that word. I like that word. A little elementary, and it's not a diss because you're right. This craft, this type of music, the genre was just in its its infancy. Yeah. And so you do what you know until you learn some new things. But because of her, we have, and I'm old school classic, so mm -hmm. Latifah, mm -hmm. Moni Love, mm -hmm. those types of artists, when I hear them, their door was, that door was open because Shantae was Absolutely. willing to kick it down. Absolutely. She didn't knock. She didn't ask to be let in. Mm -hmm. She literally kicked it down. I think there's even a stronger, like, correlation between her and MC Light. The fact that she, she could say, she was like a dude. MC Light was like a dude. And that was like Roxanne Shantae. It was just aggressive. It's a certain aggressiveness that yes. was still feminine, but it was yes. an aggression. And I think that's why I think there's more of a direct line between. I like that. Between her and Light. So maybe Light should do something. Why wasn't Roxanne Shantae in Ladies First? The that, video for Ladies First. I, as, as, a, as an old to original. Remember they had Sweet Tea? They had um, Lady B was I supposed to be in it, but she was, I do too. Um, oh, well, okay, maybe this was why. So they did mention when she did come back out, this was actually kind of funny. She was dissing she, everybody. She was dissing everybody. So she came back out in 92 with Big Mama Thing. Yeah. And what everybody. was the name of the song that she did? Forgive me, but uh, the B is back. I don't want to. The wanna, B is back. Yeah. She came back with the B is back. She did yo yo. But what was so funny? Moni Love, Latifa. She did yo yo yo. Was like we just hang hung out last night. She's so fake. Why are you saying that I need to be on? Just business. Was it Jenny Craig or Jacqueline? Was it Jacqueline Lane? She need to go to Jacqueline. It might have been Jenny Craig. I don't know. But her whole thing was, I'm a battle rapper. It's not personal. And I just came back into the scene, and I thought, like, this is not what we're doing now. Y'all not battle That's rapping? That's it. I've always been battle rapping. Why are y'all not battle rapping? She was, um, like, mentioned Nicki Minaj, but Nicki Minaj having beef with people. Mm -hmm. it, like, she's like, this is, this is what we're doing, right? Yeah, this is what this has always been. Why y'all mad? But she's like, it's just, this is business. Like, mm -hmm. we can hang out and have a cheesesteak afterwards. And a Welch is great. I'm good with that. Yeah. Just know this is what I do. So, and, which, again, put her in a very small box because this is who she was. That Anything outside of that, she's like, I don't I don't know how to navigate. Yeah. So, And I think for that, she deserves a lot of respect. Like, if you think about real, the real Roxanne, who would not perform with her, and she says, if she won't perform with me, she won't perform at all. And she traveled from show to show. <laughs> Wherever the real Roxanne was, she did. I'm showing up, and you're just gonna have to sit yeah. down, bow down. She, I think, I mean, even though we talk about, can she compare with a lot of MCs that came out after her? After her lyrically, maybe not. Mm -hmm. 
But I still think she's in the class by herself. Absolutely. Because of the type of rapper that she was, the type of MC that she was. Okay. Because nobody was seeing her as far as battling and no. freestyling off the dumb like that. So do we agree that she's unsung? Mm. Well, I'm, I'm going to make a counterpoint. Okay. You saw the movie. I didn't. There's a Netflix movie. Yeah, I did. By Rox- okay. Would you like to go into that? Um, no. <laughs> I was underwhelmed. <laughs> I really, at, when we got to the end to the movie, I was like, no, this is it. <laughs> My highlight of the movie was that you met a young Nazir. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, that's the best part. Are you serious? I don't know why I haven't seen it. Honestly, I think I forgot that it came out. I'm not. Okay, so I love film. So mm-hmm. I'm looking for certain climaxes. I'm looking for certain things, right? right. I'm a writer in nature, mm-hmm. so I'm looking for certain developments. And every time I thought it was going to be a moment, mm-hmm. it wasn't a moment for me. Mm-hmm. Now, other people may have enjoyed it. Maybe it wasn't enough drama for me. Maybe there wasn't enough conflict that I was interested in. But when I read other reviews, people were like, yeah, no, it wasn't mm-hmm. what I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, okay, so it wasn't just me. It was great information. Okay. But it was nothing that I would watch more than once. Like, I watched it that one time and I was done. Do you feel like you learned more about her through the movie or through this episode of Unsung? Both. Same about the same amount of info? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same amount. of. I mean, she was directly related, um, connected to the development of the movie. So, uh, to me, it was the same. So, I I think she's unsung. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she deserved... Give your roses while you're still living. Give yeah. them their roses. So I do agree with that. The movie wasn't my favorite. Maybe I needed some more drama in my own personal life. Could be my own bias. <laughs> um, but so the question is: happily ever after or never ending story? Oh, happily ever after. Why? Oh, it was so cute. Okay, at the end when she found her husband. Yes. She says she found her prince, and I love what he had to say about her. Where he was talking about how he was like, you know, she's. You know, she's really strong, but there's a certain femininity about her. And I really like that. And it wasn't something that he seemed like he was um, intimidated by at all. Mm-hmm. And she, oh, it was so cute. It was like a hip hop video, actually, the way they met. She said that they met at a skating rink and yes. they'd like, their eyes just met. Yes. And then they've been together ever since. That was the cutest thing. Um, they're both together doing community service, doing community work in, yes. in Newark, which Yay. I think is beautiful. And um, after she had a battle with um, breast, breast cancer. cancer. But she's a breast cancer survivor. And so now she said something to the effect of, you know, she didn't realize that the story that she was living was a Cinderella story mm-hmm. and that she got her prince and happily ever after. That was beautiful to me. I was so happy. You just got her. all warm, didn't you? I did. You were like, I, I feel a tear. I actually got really emotional about that. I was like, good for her. It, it's definitely happily ever after because mm-hmm. to me, success and peace. Mm-hmm. That there is nothing better than peace. You can't buy that. It's not about. I'm not concerned about how much money she has. I'm not concerned about. Uh, do people acknowledge her? When you looked and listened to her, she sounded and looked like she was at peace. Yeah. And to me, that you can't you can't pay for that. Right. You can't buy that. Yeah. You can get all the royalties that you're owed, and you still can't. And be miserable. And be miserable. So at the end of this, she had peace. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this a, a happily ever after episode, which we don't get a lot of those. So this was this was good to experience. Yeah, maybe we should start some kind of promotion, get some uh, uh, tribute 
go in for Roxanne Shantae. That would be dope. And make and make these people dig into their bag to do some battle rapping. Let's see. <laughs> they not see it her. They, I'm, I, I still think anything is possible. Anything if you is believe. Possible. <laughs> if you believe. It's a Cinderella story. It is a Cinderella story. We love you, Roxanne Shantae. We're so glad that she was able to get her flowers while she was here. So and we thank you. Yep. All right, well, this concludes this episode of Unsung Unwrapped. You can subscribe to everywhere that you listen to podcasts, like Anchor and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all those other things. And we have a Facebook group. We would love to hear what you have to say about this episode where you're a real Roxanne. Real Roxanne. I got it. Don't to me, it. the real Roxanne is the real Roxanne, she which is, is Roxanne Shantae. But we're not gonna get into that. Roxanne Shante, how you feel about her? How you feel about the Juice Crew? How do you feel? Who do you think really won the battle between her and KRS One? We want to know all that. So please go on our Facebook group. Let us know how you feel. I'm Toya Haynes, and I'm Nikki Wright. This is Unsung Unwrapped.